Welcome, this is the Genesis episode of Inside the Passion. Two podcast series, one on brew and one on music and art. And this episode is brought to you by www.crunched.com. They are the smart online accounting software. And, uh... They're the right sponsor for this episode. I'm here with uh, with Leif Nelson and Karen B. Davis behind the lens, and they're going to be pitching in. They're helping me with this launch, and uh, it's real exciting. I'm excited about it, and um, Leif is uh, probably the reason that set me off in this direction to do this launch. So we're going to get to that storyline a little bit later. But right now, we're just going to talk about uh, what this podcast series is about. What this is, what this series is really about, is about the celebration of, of passion and beginnings. I mean, where does stuff begin? I mean, you know, you, you got to begin somewhere when you start something. And everyone always talks about when people reach a certain point and achieve a certain status and accomplishment, but nobody talks about like that beginning. The beginning is the beginning of process. And I've learned to fall in love with, with process. And when I think about it, it's like we all started out with process because, I mean, none of us could walk once upon a time. Does anyone here remember walking? When like that first step, I mean, I'm not talking about the pictures that people took of you, but no one remembers that. You start out wanting to, and I have this vision of a little baby, like, you know, post bundle of joy phase, when you're just like looking at that fridge and you're seeing people come and go and open in that fridge. And as far as you know, everything that's coming out of that fridge is good. Because people keep going back in there. And once in a while, if you got one of those, you know, old school ones where it's not like the double side door, but the freezer's on the top and they open the freezer. Once in a while, they go in there and they get that. Well, you're watching that and uh, you're looking that, sucking on your passy or your bottle or whatever you're sucking on. And you're looking at that, dang, man, I would love to open that door. And uh, you don't really think about you see people are walking, people are walking back and forth, moving all around you. And you're, you're crawling, you're crawling, you're crawling. You can crawl now, but you can't get up and walk and run around. So I was kind of thinking about, you know, when you're that little, I mean, there's something that drives you. And I don't know if it's passion or just sheer will. You know, you get up and you stand up, but you don't think like, oh my God, there's a process I've never walked before. So these muscles need to be developed. So I have to like stand and then I have to balance and then I have to fall down, <laughs> you know? And well, that, yeah, then you also crawl. And you also you crawl. crawl for a while. And then you, you, every time you crawl, you know, your, 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 your butt gets higher up and you crawl more like a horse after a while instead of like, a, you know, maybe a snake or a cat. 
And then all and of what, a sudden, and you build those arm muscles arms too. Muscle, then you push yourself off and you fall down and you try again. Next thing you know, you're in there getting peanut butter and jelly sandwiches out of the fridge. Exactly. <laughs> but when you fall and you almost crack your head on the coffee table or, or you fall down on the plush carpet, everybody runs over to you and it's like, oh, baby, you are right, baby, you are right. But they're not thinking like, they're thinking you're hurt. But you're not hurt. No. You're just frustrated, man. Yeah. You are so frustrated that you can't walk yet. So I think you're after a little crumb on the floor because you couldn't get into the fridge. <laughs> you can crawl around and dig up That's all the right. crumbs you, you want. But now, you've had the experience that I haven't had of, of or we haven't had of, of raising a, a child from the beginning on up and watching her go through this process. So this is why it's so fresh to you, this imagery, you know, for me to remember that, I don't remember doing that. I remember maybe my brother doing that and but not even because he was just a year younger than me. So right, I mean, no one remembers doing yeah. that. Who remembers doing but that? But you, you've got a second chance to see it firsthand as a father. I that's right. So and not not too long ago. Yeah. I mean, five years ago. But the interesting thing with Ella is that she got up and just took steps just with nothing in between. She just got up and took steps, and then she freaked out because she was walking, and then she fell down, and then she didn't walk for a long time after that, but really? she kept pulling herself up, standing up, pulling herself up, oh. getting balanced, and I was thinking while she was doing it, I was like, ah, she understands, and she accepts that like balance is really important. So she's good to the basics, yeah. Right, she didn't rush it. You know, it was almost like she was like, I want to walk, I want to walk. She's like, oh, my God, I'm walking. Uh-oh. Like, I'm scared. Like, what birth I'm sign scared of this. Uh, Virgo birthday I was going to say she's probably a Virgo. Oh, really? <laughs> September 18th. Oh, on the 13th. Ah, yeah. kissing cousins. But, you know, what you're talking about is interesting because um, it, I think when we're children, um, there, well, this is a, a side side note that I'll get back to my point, but... Um, when you're a child, I think there's clues about what you may be or what your real true path is based on toys that you gravitate to. And then someone comes along and says, no, 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 no. And you stop, just like with what Leigh talks about when people stop drawing, and, and he'll talk about that. But So I'm thinking about when Ella was walking, and somewhere in her mind she's like, oh, no, or a thought comes in, I can't. And she stops, you know, and we're, we're always our worst critic. And I wonder if we have that in us from birth almost. Oh, no, wait. Instead of what if we were conditioned to be just like, go, 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 go. I can, I can. Well, that's true. But I'm thinking like her muscles weren't developed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like her, her leg yeah. muscles weren't yeah. really strong enough. So it seemed like after that point, she was just focusing on pulling herself up and balance and just and building those muscles. So somehow innately she knew she wasn't ready. So sometimes, and we're going to talk about this a little later, you know, when you start with art or photography or the first, like the simple things. I mean, when you're a child... And you start with, I mean, what do you begin with? What's the first thing you draw? Is well, it a shape, it's a the circle, basics. a square, this a is, triangle? This is why I said she's, she's gone back to the basics. She said, well, I fell and that wasn't cool. So now I got to learn how to stand before I can walk, right? And then you start to walk. And then it's one step at, at a time and you start to walk there. And then before you know it, you've 
You're climbing ladders. That's right. Or and stairs. so now people are running around taking everything for granted. I mean, you know, so whenever someone gets down, I always say to them, or frustrated, remember, once upon a time you couldn't walk. Yeah. And look at you now. Yep. Walking all over the place, running all over the place. So no matter what you do or how you apply yourself, there's always that first step. But even before that first step, it's preparing you for that. Or the idea of it. The idea yeah, of it. Yeah, before the, the idea genesis. of it. The genesis. So that's what Inside the Passion is about. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to the root of the passion. So that first step relates to all the passions that you develop in your, if you have a passion that you want to develop some sort of understanding of or maybe a, a talent that you want to explore and get better at. You can take baby steps. They're all so, steps. So you don't get overwhelmed. You gotta take that first step. Right. When I used to work in television, I was learning how to edit and I uh, was working on my own documentary and I'd get very anxious because I was thinking, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this. So I would tell myself, okay, just edit one minute today. That's all you gotta do. Cause it was a half an hour long. And I said, in 30 days, you'll be done. Like, was it a doc or? Uh... Yeah, it was a documentary about wooden boats. But, you know, one baby step at a time. And I got there. Yep. Editing is, can be painful. It is an art form in and it. of itself. Yeah, it's wonderful. But if you don't take a minute at a time, because sometimes a minute... is eight hours Right? <laughs> it's eight hours yeah, of time. Funny. You get into like that edit thing. So when I started wanting to do this on the fly, initially I was like, you know, I don't want to edit anything. I just want to like, just let it roll and, and, you know, just have it be organic and let it develop. And I don't want to get stuck into the whole editing thing. But sometimes, eh. But once you start, it's like painting a house. Like you paint one room. It's like, oh yeah, this needs some painting. And then all of a sudden you look at like the other rooms and you're like... This room looks so much better now that I painted it. Now I gotta paint the rooms next to yeah, it. Right. All of a sudden, like they need painting too. So you end up painting all the rooms in the house. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> that's like working on a painting that I do. If I I, I went the first day, it's like okay, it's roughed in, and wow, it's kind of cool. You know, I could almost stop now. Well, let's look at it tomorrow. Next day, I look at it like, oh my god, what was I thinking? I had. Let me try this. Then you do this, that, the other, and all of a sudden the rest of it is just weak compared to what you just did. What you just did, So right. that has to be adjusted and, and brought up to speed. And then you can go on like that for days and days and weeks. And finally you're just like, I don't know, if you're like, I'm done with... You're like, get me out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm done with it or it's done with me, but I have to move on. You know, it's like great painters always say that paintings never finish. They're only abandoned for another one. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's finished with you. Yeah, Monet said anybody who, who claims that they've finished a painting is only boasting. Because <laughs> it, it takes you on a journey where you, you, can't, you can't even, you have no idea where you're going to go with it next. And you just have to say, I guess that's as far as I can go now. And then maybe you start another painting or you pick it up again the next year, even the same one sometimes. Take it even further. I've done that. You get back to it. I mean, Ella, Ella is an artist. Her mother's an artist. Her grandmother is an artist and an elementary school art teacher. And she said she's had an easel since practically she could stand. And, uh, you know, every once in a while she, she goes 
into it, into her zone, like that when she was really young, and just get lost in it. And then she'd go away three days, she'd come back to it, wow. touch it up a little bit, walk away from it for a week, come back, touch it up a little bit. And she would get, go into this place, into this zone, where she was in her own world, man. And just to watch that—that's the zone. That's right. the thing. That's the thing. That's that's the reason that I keep doing it. Because occasionally, you get into the zone, and that's the reason that you're there. And then, and you forget about everything else around you, and your world, and your worries, and your life, and any other capacity. I I like it because it really keeps you in the moment, and that's when I know if it's working for me. If I'm totally in the moment, similar to. When I travel, I, I love traveling because you have no expectations because you cannot have preconceived ideas about what yet has not been formed. You've never been there before, so you don't know what it looks like and you're just going, you know, or I'll speak, you know, I mean, for myself, I'm totally open. So travel is kind of a break from my mind, my mind's chatter because I get to explore and look and see. And when I'm doing photography, those moments like Lake was describing when I forget everything else and I'm just there with my camera and whatever this subject is, that's, that's gratifying. That is, it's almost like uh, a natural high. I mean, it's the same thing in sports. I mean, when you, you know, when I played sports as an adolescent or growing up, it's like you learn the fundamentals, blah, 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 and then, the repetition but then once you get into the flow you can find this place which is like this zone and it just happens you can't like call it in yeah. it just happens where everything slows down yeah that's right and you just see everything happen it's just it, it's so beautiful and no matter how fast it's going it's slow motion to you yeah. And it, it's an amazing high. Apparently there were some uh, Japanese warriors that could slow down to, to the point where they could see a bullet coming wow. to them. And they could just move out of the way of that bullet, move out of the way of the next bullet, and just keep coming. They would not get shot because they could see they could slow down and see everything that was happening even to see a bullet flying out yeah i believe that's that. like some like matrix neo in the matrix but that's it's totally believable i mean if you yeah, can it is get into that zone tai chi, you know what tai chi can do for you yeah i don't know the name of this this, this uh these people but my brother kent studied them back in the 80s and he, he was telling me about it and i believed it completely are they ancient people, or are they still? Well, they were around when bullets were flying around. So, oh, right, right. You know, at least the last three, four hundred years, I guess, right? And that is like uh, I think the power, the like pure uh, power source for every individual is is to be in the moment. I mean, there's just nothing more powerful than that. Well, like, there's no fear in the moment, really, is there? Unless, of course you're being robbed or something like that. But I mean, let's just take generally speaking, if you're in the moment, you're not thinking about the past or the future. That's really what I mean. It's like running into a tiger in a jungle. If he wants you, you're his. Animals, they're primal and they're in that moment. They're always in that zone, whether it's survival, you know, flight, whatever it is, but they are right there. 
and their intuition is right there. All they have is this moment and they're going to win in this moment. You got family, you got loved ones, you have dreams, you have ambitions, you have aspirations. Everything for them is folded into this one moment. And we have the luxury of indulging our dreams. You know, where these people, there's a lot of people who don't, you know, because of uh, economics or, you know, being born in countries where they're not free or don't enjoy the same freedoms as us or... They had really crappy parents who told them they couldn't and they believed that about themselves. I mean, there's all kinds of factors, psychological, economic, cultural, that, and geographic that come into play that prevent you from living your passion. It's a luxury for us, but it's kind of like for them, they're living more in the moment. I mean, they're really focused on getting through the day. You know what I mean? They get through the day. Food, they get food. They get sheltered. They get water. They're alive. And then they get another day. Like they wake up. It's like, snap, I got another day. A lot of times we have a tendency to take things for granted. Like there's going to be another day. But you get in your car, man. As soon as you get in your car, you're at risk. Yeah. I mean, some of these people driving on the road out here. I mean, it's like, come on now. You know, so so we're living with this like false sense of security that it's kind of, you know, I mean, it's all it's all about about chance. But it's also all these modern conveniences that allow us the time free to do other things. So we don't have to we can get in a car and we can drive somewhere. We don't have to take the horse and carriage. You know, we don't have to grow our own food. We don't have to cut our own wood. I, I know that we do, but. All these things free us up to have time to do other things, more enjoyable things. You hit on something that I've always felt very strongly about is that time is probably our most valuable commodity. I mean, everyone is endowed with 24 hours a day. I mean, you can't like buy more time. You know, I made a lot of money, so I made like, you know, I want another like five hours to my day. Right. I mean, you can get like other people to do your stuff so it frees you up. Well, that's but, how you get that. Right. But you still got 24, yeah. you know, so everyone's that's time. we're all equal. Right. We're right. all equal. But what it, you get to choose what you want to do with that time. Right. Yeah. But I want to roll back to the beginning, especially with YouTube, when you first felt the passion of expression you didn't like roll out of the womb knowing that you know you were going to be an artist and a working artist that that you you get paid to do it again Uh, sometimes you wonder if you're going to get paid again yeah sometimes you wonder but you know you've had a good run what have you had like 20 years 20 plus years 30 years now wow that's that's a Great run. Well, you know, but it's not always, you know, there, there are some years that are better than others, and there's some years that are um, kind of tough, but you just have to hang in there and then reinvent yourself or figure out a way to, to make it continue. Now, uh, when you started out, you didn't, um, and this is what I like about artists, and I, I love farmers too. I mean, no one says, hey, I'm, you know, I want to be a farmer to make it rich. For you guys, the beginning, roll it back to when you first 
knew it was a passion that you what kept you going how did you know i did come out of the womb being a communicator <laughs> you know I, and, and i feel that i was always drawn towards communications i i started writing and keeping journals when i was really young and um when i was in college i didn't know what i wanted to be so i just took a bunch of classes that interest me and i wound up with a degree in communications and i dabbled a little bit and you know, um, writing, writing for television, photography, filmmaking, the whole thing. So I knew I had something to say, but I didn't know what it was. And I still don't, mind you. But I just kept following that path. And uh, I, I had a career in television for 17 years before I changed careers to photography. I was a documentary producer, writer, associate producer, production coordinator, editor, you know, I went through the whole gamut of that as well. But I, um, I didn't like living in New York because of the lack of nature and I didn't like working on someone else's vision after a while. Because when you're doing production work, you're one piece of the puzzle. And you fulfill- An essential piece. Yes, but, a piece. but you fulfill that piece and that's it. And I don't know. When? I always, wanted, I to always wanted to be. From How the far time back? I was a preteen, I was picking up those Instamatics. And people told me I was terrible. My family said, you're terrible at taking pictures. And lucky for me, for some reason, I didn't listen. I just, because I've always been very defiant too, which helps. Helps and a lot. That's right. <laughs> 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 and um, so... I decided when I was about, I think I was about 38 or 36 that if I was going to change careers, I would do it now. But I didn't really know anything about photography in terms of the business end and the internet was just coming in. So I would spend my weekdays working at an animation, clay animation stop motion studio as a production coordinator and studying photography and figure out how do you get a make a portfolio, how do you submit a portfolio, how do you do whatever you're supposed to do. On, on the weekends, I would read on the internet and, you know, just little by little, I kept going. And I remember somebody told me, um, a few people said, assignment photography is dead, print is dead, don't even bother. And I Now, just, were you thinking like photojournalism? Yeah, I was okay. actually. And I'm thinking about that again, strangely enough. Um, but um, yeah, and you know, everybody's dream is to take National Geographic by storm, but that didn't happen. And travel, because I always loved travel, I thought I'd be doing that as well. Or social documentaries, you know, that have a cause, right. which I can still do personal projects. But yeah, I just kept going with it. And one um, one time in my 30s, I decided that's it. I'm not doing taking any more TV jobs or I'll never make the transition so I worked in a photo lab for crappy wages, waiting on the public, which I hated. I was terrible at it, but I did the film, you know. And uh, you did your tour duty. That's though. right. And I worked uh, as an assistant for a photographer and learned a lot about business. And mostly, I'm self-taught, even today. You know, I'm an architectural photographer now, which is a natural. That was a natural evolution. You know, w walking around um, in different countries, and ju I just love buildings and the beauty of spaces. Right. And I'm fascinated by them, and I wonder why people are fascinated by them. I can't really put it into my w words myself, but all these home and garden magazines are we fascinated by 
how people live and decorate their homes? You know, what is the commonality there? Because I sure can't figure it out why it attracts me, but it does. And I'm right now, I'm totally fascinated with tiny houses and how you can downsize and form and function coming together and how much stuff you don't need or how much you can put into one space to make it work. Well, living in New York City, you must have seen some apartments yes. that were tiny that people had stuff in every nook and cranny and in the there. Murphy bed. Oh yeah. The Murphy bed. <laughs> How you utilize space. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of interesting because a lot of it can be um very aesthetic. Even if that's not the intention. Right. It's just like practicality. Practicality <laughs> with aesthetics is the best. And then it throw in um a beautifully designed building or space. And I, I'm I, I'm starting to like modern, but um, I do love uh, old architecture, stone and wood buildings and things like this. Anything that's unusual. So I'm, I'm attracted to tree houses and oh my God, you know, houses, houses on stilts over water and all that. To follow your passion, I, I think you can't listen to too many people. You can solicit advice here and there and it's good. But... If I listened to people along the way who told me I couldn't or assignment photography is dead when I've been so busy working for magazines since I put my thinking into that, I, I don't know. I, I don't recommend listening to everybody. You still have to follow your heart. And if you do follow your heart and you're in the flow of your life, it will come to you. It really, really will. I totally believe I love that. that you said that because the this series I was going to name was my original name for this series was Inside the Passion of Rhythm and Voice. Oh, that's and nice. And it was about the rhythm and the flow, no matter what it is, no matter what your passion is. It's finding the rhythm, you know, like Double Dutch wrote. You yes. know, just wait until like... You know, getting there and, and, and going with the flow and finding the rhythm, finding your voice, getting comfortable expressing your voice, and then trying to get to the point where you create the best version of that voice. And it's interesting because we have kind of similar backgrounds because my background has always been supporting someone else's vision as a communicator, not having a vision of my own. So this, for me, is kind of my, this is like me finding my voice. So I'm using this podcast series to like, you know what? I'm tired of like, you know, supporting everyone's vision. I got a vision, <laughs> but my vision is the beginning. I don't know where it's gonna go. Yeah, I don't know where it's the beginning. What's that? For now is that. Right, that's where I am. I, I know where I want to begin. Yep. I have no idea where it's going. That's the, the journey and, and the beauty of the journey. You know, you can't, we all want to get to here where we're all being paid, you know, obscene amount of money to do our craft, right? But the richness is in the journey. You know, right. Exactly. The process. And, in the process. And the mistakes as well. Mistakes are key. And coming out of the box, I said to myself, you know what? Mistakes are okay. Mistakes are good. That's how you learn. Yeah. And you don't stop making them. Yeah. You know, if you're fortunate enough, you get to make new ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You don't have to. You get to make new ones. It makes the learning rich. It does. And, you know, everything is kind of nothing. Now, life, what about you? What about, what was your journey like? 
start now. Well, it was a big mistake. <laughs> it wasn't? <laughs> One mistake after another. No, when, when I was, or experiments, I should say. When I was little, I drew like everybody did. And then, you know, sixth grade, People weren't drawing as much as I was, but they were still drawing. And then one day I was out with a cold and I came back and Randy Bellucci says, where were you, man? We needed you. I said, what for? He said, we need somebody to draw a donkey. And a donkey? Can't you draw a donkey? He says, no, nobody Donkeys knew how to draw, draw a donkey. We needed you to draw a donkey. Like, wow. What are, you, what are you talking about? So I realized then that a lot of people had dropped um, drawing as their second language and you know we're learning some other things but they didn't draw anymore so they all drew like nine-year-olds instead of ten-year-olds or eleven-year-olds what does a nine-year-old draw like well whatever wherever you were at nine years old you stopped drawing so you know if everybody said oh you you're you know you're no good you shouldn't bother drawing they just stopped if they kept drawing by the time they were 30 they would draw like the 30-year-old, they could at least draw a doghouse, a picture of a doghouse, the way they wanted it with a little cupola on it to show to the carpenter, this is what I want my doghouse to look like. Right. You know, at least have that as a communication tool, right? So you didn't stop when everyone else stopped. I you kept going. You kept going. Why? I don't know, because it was in me. And there were a few other guys. Because the, you were good? I mean, did you know you were well, good? Well, I, I was did, interested. I just kept doing it, you know? So you and didn't think about... I didn't think I was that good. There were other guys that were better than me, but I just kept pushing it. I just kept doing it. And then what was weird, really weird, like in, I don't know, ninth grade, um, kids came from another school, and I won't say their names, but um, one, one kid was, was trying to beat me up. He never really did, but he was, he was threatening me because his best friend was an artist that came from another school. You know, when they con co consolidate schools right. together, came from another school in, in, in the Tritown kind of area and not this Tritown area but and and he was he thought I was a threat to this guy for some reason I was like what we're all because this guy was an artist and you yeah, were an artist and there were like three or four artists how in, old in were my, you like what at ninth grade tenth Damn. grade so I was like wow that's weird and then uh, I was lucky enough that that I just continued doing it, you know, and I, I just kept doing it. I didn't really care what people thought. I just kept doing it, and um, and I had interests like my chemistry set, my my uh, me too chemistry yeah set. erector set building erector things set. Yep. at that Lincoln logs before that yeah. you know yep at that Lincoln logs fast to the west. I, yeah, I, my I, friends I, had that. I had the whole series. I, I oh, you did? I did. I had the whole Best of the West series. I wish I had that now. My, my friends had that. I didn't have it, but they had parts of it. They had blocks. We would take blocks and just build stuff out of I blocks. and you know, Like six-foot towers and everything. And we were always building stuff, you know, making things. And I was always inquisitive. There's photographs my father gave me recently that show me out standing in a boat in a marsh the boat's probably I, th I remember this boy it was the bottom was all rotten and it was just in the marsh you know on the low tide and we're standing in the boat and i'm got my mind on something i'm stretching some things out i'm looking at it, i'm thinking about something you know like i'm going to make something out of something there's a picture of me like intently looking at this stuff and that's how i've been ever since yeah. i was born and I've everyone always... else of course is fishing and you're not you're not doing that yeah anymore. i might be trying to figure out what happened to the Line. I don't or know what how I was to build doing. a better net. <laughs> yeah, and so my mind has not stopped. You know, I'm always kind of like looking at things like, "Ooh, how do you? How does that happen? How does that work?" And so that's Leonardo da Vinci. You know, the um, yeah Italian. I don't know if it was called Italy back then, but the, the Italian Renaissance painter, inventor, draftsman, dreamer from 1500s, early 1500s, late 1400s was 
always my hero. He and uh, you know Michelangelo too, but Leonardo da Vinci for sure. Getting a book on him and reading that he invented all this stuff, you know, helicopters and airplanes and submarines and catapults and all kinds That's of stuff. Amazing. And then, and then his yeah. sculptures and his drawings and his paintings and the Sistine Chapel, oh, everything he did. The Sistine Chapel. So there I am trying to you know make a horizontal motor engine with my director set. He's turned this little crank and a, and a piston starts going right. Did you ever make that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But the other way is that the piston makes the, the crank turn. So it taught us cause and effect backwards, but it was good. Good to, look, good to learn that stuff. And, you know, fast forward to getting an easel and some canvas and some paint and make a little paint box and try to get out there and paint outside, figure out how to do that, like what colors to use, and then going to school and learning about the primary colors and the basic shapes and forms and studying art history and learning about... Andre del Sarte, this another um, Renaissance painter, or at least pre-Raphaelite painter, in the Uffizi Gallery in Florence, and, and looking at how he did red, yellow, and blue hash marks to make the, sh the, the, the shadow luminous with color. There weren't bright red, yellow, and blue, but it was still red, yellow, and blue, like the first Impressionist, in a way. And then how later on it becomes, you know, we have... Um, computer monitors that are shooting maybe three or four colors on at you at once and creating all these colors. So learning about color and learning about form and learning about how to just even predict the weather so you can be a little bit efficient with your week, planning your week when you're going to go out and paint and what's the, what's the light going to be like. What, okay, humidity is 86%, cloud cover is 40%, wind is going to be three miles an hour from the southwest. Oh, it's going to be a nice summer day. Nice soft clouds, no wind, fish are jumping. Yeah, you know. that reminds us who's really in charge, so. Doesn't it? The weather. <laughs> but you have something in common, just your two uh, different voices of, of self-expression. And you just hit on it, but it's equally important to you, and that's light. Light. Light is... Everything. Yeah, light reveals form, colors, yep. colors the form. First book of Genesis, in the beginning. In the beginning, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. In the beginning, yep. there was light. Oh, yeah. So you've been to uh, Gilboro's sculpture studio. Actually, I've never been to a studio. I've been in, kind of invited, but never had the chance to get there. And well, it's we, we have desk. to go over there. Yeah. It is magnificent. And... All these sculptures, no matter what time of year, depending on the light, it's like seeing the same sculpture. It's like completely different. Oh, because of the way it's situated? Because of the light. Yeah. Be uh, and the season. And also the time of day. Well, so I know that firsthand just from studying my garden out here for 25 years and watching the light flow over it, even studying how that light flows when I built the eyebrow dormer and deciding how high I could go with the roof before I was going to interfere with too much right too light. much light coming in yeah and or when I'm enough you know we're coming up now on the on the equinox and that's going to be when the the sun comes up in the east and sets in the west equally right that's right so a sh straight shot and then after that the sun is going to be more in the south so there will be some places that the sun will not shine on until next March. And I'm glad I'm not going to be in that place. <laughs> <laughs> and those will be the places that freeze up first and yep. stay frozen the longest. But but in addition to, to un tracking the light, you have to learn how to see it. 
And I think that is a lifelong study. Now, what do you mean? Well, I'm, I'm still learning, you know. Um, how to well, see what? Look, how to see the tracking? or how No, to... when you're looking, you can look at anything. Is it backlit? Is it, uh, it, you know, where are the shadows falling? Where are the highlights landing? Is it a good time to shoot it? Or is it all in shadow? Or is it in light? Or is it in harsh sunlight? Or is it, you know, in the golden light? And... You know, dawn and dusk are great, but during the year, the color temperature changes. Right. You know, like July is very blue looking and, you know. Right. That's what I was saying about the sculpture, uh, you know, garden studio. It's like the seasons and the time of the day, it just, it changes the the piece. The piece doesn't change. Right. So there's there's some sayings like this, like, uh, you know, show it in its best light, right? But that's all so subjective. It all depends totally. on what you're trying to say. Because the same object can be seen. When I I, I studied with a painter up in uh, Provincetown, uh, Cape Cod. I love Provincetown. Yeah, this guy named Henry Henchy. And he was uh, a colorist. And he was from uh, from up there that way. And he, he was from the Hawthorne School. The mud the mudheads, they were called. Because they painted with putty knives. But he's, he refined it to palette knives or painting knives. Mm-hmm. More refined knives. And high-key palette... And he, his, the first thing he did when he got there was <clears throat> he took these two-by-four cutoffs. They were maybe like the size of a, an eraser, like a chalkboard eraser, you know, like sure, three by six inches by two and a quarter, two and a half inches, painted white, sitting on a white table outside. And you walked up to it and set your easel up and you had to paint it without drawing it, just painting the, the planes and find color in it, exaggerate the color. So it would be block study in the morning, block study at noon, block study in the afternoon. And then in between, you could say block study at 10.45, block study at 11.15, because every half an hour it would change almost dramatically. But, you know, so you you would learn how to look at color because those those little blocks are just like all the the buildings, like a house, a white house on a hillside is a block. It's it's a, a, a cube. It's a box. Front, side, maybe a top. If you're lucky, you know, if you're not too low or mm-hmm. just front and side, or maybe you just get one side. But if you find it where it has three sides, front, side, and the top, you can develop the form. And each plane of this white cube has a or white box has a different color. So from there, you could say, well, it's, say it's a red box. It's going to have different colors too. A green box. A tree is a green box. How many colors are in a tree? Well, it's green, but it's dark green and light green. Well, it's yellow green, it's blue green, it's purple green, you know, all these different colors. And so that's where you start to, to I don't know, to study, like looking at these um, fence posts in that painting up there. They're all boxes. They're all painted white. That's right. But they all have different colors depending on the light. The light raking across, the light hitting. Now, when you paint a photo like this, do you extend the light that's coming up from like the roof of the house and reflecting maybe on it or like are you conscious of that yeah well, I'm, lo- I'm looking at this it, so this is this is where I, I i had to choose at one point looking at it all afternoon the the best light that i wanted and it was you know 1 30 o'clock in the morning afternoon whatever time it was so you got that decided shadow edge that that diagonal coming down right but then you also have the plane that's facing to the right, to the west, has more light than the plane facing me to the north, which is grazed light. So, you see what I'm saying? Right. All those different planes. I think we should clarify, though, because you said 
paint this photo. This is this is a painting because some people do paint from photographs, and they painted this from life. So it's, standing out there day yeah, after day. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It hasn't been painted from a photograph. And there are even people who project the photographs onto the wall, and trace them. Huh? They yeah. project them onto the canvas. Oh, sorry, onto the canvas. Well, that's they, an illustrator technique. Yeah. So just has its. To so this is live. This yes. is live. Yeah. And it's not Memorex. It's, it's like it's like, <laughs> a, it's like a live performance. It's a conversation and, a, and with with the space. And I just keep working on it. That you know. But many over days the time, did you go back to this every day at the yeah. exact same time? Yeah. Between one thirty and two thirty, whatever right. that well, period yeah. was. Yeah. But this is more like probably between one and four or something like that. You know. Okay. Over a period of a month. Well, a few weeks anyway, yeah, a couple I weeks. I like that, a conversation with the space. That that could fit what I do, too. I might steal that. Yeah, it's a good one, because things What happen. was that, a conversation with the space? With the space. Yeah. Because I'm there asking it, okay, what's up? What's going on? You know, and then I'm watching, and then this little shard of light will show up. It's like, oh, that's what I'm waiting for. Ah. I still haven't found what I'm, what I'm waiting, for. what I'm looking for, but that's what I've been looking for. Boom. You throw you throw a mark of paint down. Boom. Right, try that. Well, all right, let's wait. And keep going. And then it's like tick, 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 tick. More and more, you know, paint. Tick, 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 tick. And then, you know, I look at it now and I think, well, what if I should have I should have put more of a cast shadow in that second flagstone on the on the uh, you know, just to it's too repetitive now. You know, I'm because I'm, I'm and I'm learning. I'm like, next time I do that, I'll remember that. But that's actually a good point because uh, we're so critical of our work. Oh, God. And sometimes when I do a shoot, and I'll, I'll, I'll shoot a bunch of shoots, you know, in mid-November to the end of December, and then I can't even look at them because I think they all suck. <laughs> and, I, and I have to go back. I have to leave it alone yeah, for a month and back go back with an objective eye. And it's really hard. It's it not, is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's much, even me, like going back and listening to my voice, I won't be able to listen to this for like a week. Yeah. You know, I'll just like, okay, put it aside. And then when I listen to it and hearing the sound of my voice, I mean, I don't even really, I never really liked the sound of my own voice. Oh, you got a great voice though. But people say that, but I don't hear it like other people That's hear it. That's one of the weirdest things you know, I've told just, is um, hearing the sound of your own voice never really quite sounds the way it really is. Yeah. There's something about the way that it gets translated to our ear. And, and how are we ever going to know? We'll never know because... <laughs> right, we're, we're, we're always hear hearing it. it. Yeah. So when I was like at the radio station and in the headphones... I couldn't stand that. I had to block my voice out and I did that by focusing on what everyone else was saying. So I wasn't really listening to what I was saying. I took the headphones off. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> and this is a, one of my reasons for doing this yeah. is because... There's there you know there are no headphones there's no directional mount you know microphones there's no reason to be self conscious unless I had a telephone call come in then I had to put the headphones on to be able to hear them. Well, this oh. is an exercise, very good exercise going back to what we were talking about earlier about being in the moment because we're sitting here talking and we're we're live in some way right and we can't space out. So you have to really be present. Sometimes when I'm on the air, I I, I have a moment where I space out. I'm like, uh oh, come back, you know. Because Me too. You yeah. Definitely. Can't it's like, where are you now? That's right. right. It's like, boom. But you're but you're you're free. I mean, you know, our movements free. Our hands are free. Our I just 
there's this sense of uh, of this freedom because this this almost doesn't even exist. I mean, it's like a phone on a tripod. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like after a while, like mm, I know like, I forgot it was there. Yeah, I forgot it was now there. I know it's fifteenth. But it's anyway, I'm gonna take a break because I have to relieve myself. All right. Welcome back to InsideThePassion.com. Thank you for joining us. This is the Genesis episode. On our little break, we ordered some pizza, hung out, chat a little bit off the mic, came to the conclusion that we said all there was to say. Anyway, so that's it for now. You can go to the website and you just go to the Genesis episode and you're going to be able to see the painting that Leif was referring to. You're going to be able to see, uh, you know, with a link to a site, of course, and also Karen B. Davis photography. She's got a really uh, nice photograph that'll be posted up on the website that gives you an idea of uh where practicality meets aesthetics. Excellent photograph. Also have a link to her website so you can see more of her work as well. Once again, thank you for joining us. InsideThePassion.com, music and art. And now it's expanded to music and art, rhythm and voice. All right, this is Lamont saying, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) 